This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And hello again, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Medelsky from wonderful Wasika uh, coming to you live this morning. What a great conversation we just had with uh, Dr. Joseph and Barbara uh, Stewart about their book, The Church in the Age of Reformation. So much to be said about that time period. Uh, we really just scratched the surface. So again, you can find that book at AveMariaPress.com or Amazon, or I'm sure um, if you have a local Catholic bookstore, they would probably carry it as well or be happy to get a copy in for you. So um, just a great, uh, great, uh, great chance to talk about that time period and set the record straight, set the history straight, because I think uh, one of the problems, you know, I mentioned I, I teach uh, middle school history uh, for a Catholic homeschool program, is that, uh, you know, one of the problems that we have is uh, we, we don't understand our history, so we're doomed to repeat it. Uh, so this time period is a great example of correct ways uh, to, to reform, to, to address problems, uh, within uh, the the church, and also incorrect ways <laughs> to address those problems. So uh, it's a great period of history to try and understand, try and ha- wrap your head around, and and draw good ideas from. Um, especially, the church uh, is always in need of ways to uh, address the the changes in culture um, and uh, find ways to uh, reform different issues. So always a fruitful time period to look back at. Uh, my uh, my next be- guest uh, is Dr. Leroy Hughes Gay, uh, who will be talking to us about the Gospel of St. Mark. It's the shortest of the four Gospels. Uh, as I mentioned today, St. Mark is, uh, is the feast for the day, and uh, St. Mark is represented by the lion. You have the, the four living beasts um, who are found in the book of uh, Ezekiel, I want to say. <laughs> I'm not a scripture scholar, so I forget if it's Ezekiel or Daniel, and then the book of Revelation. And uh, you might see the, the evangelist represented that way as, a, as an ox, an angel, um, a lion, um, and an eagle. And Mark is the lion. Uh, so that explains the title of the book, Loosing the Lion. Um, and even though Mark is the shortest of the Gospels, it's all there's plenty of uh, profound moments in there and there's definitely it's not uh, not one of those things where oh it's just the the cliff notes of the of the gospels or something like that uh mark adds his own own perspective on things and that's why the church sees fit to have four gospels rather than just one right uh when we read scriptures it's not uh it's not because they couldn't make up their minds right it's because there's something fruitful and something um important for our faith that can be found in each each four of those gospels uh so that's why mark uh is still in there right (laughs) why why the gospel of mark made it in there uh a lot of uh as some people say maybe it was the first one written uh just because of its shortness uh some people say it was uh inspired by conversations mark had with saint peter uh so there's a lot of different uh, things about the Gospel of St. Mark, but I'm going to stop talking about them and let uh, Dr. Hughes and Gay tell us about them. So welcome, Doctor. Thanks for having me. Uh, so uh, we've been talking about St. Mark today because it is his feast day today, and now we're going to talk about your book, Loosing the Lion, uh, Proclaiming the Gospel of Mark. Um, 
Could you tell our listeners who aren't familiar uh, with you, I know you've been on Real Presence uh, live before, but some people don't get a chance to listen to every single episode, so they uh, might need a refresher. But uh, could you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are? Sure. So I uh, you know, grew up in western North Dakota and was raised Lutheran. And, oh, about 15 years ago, I started getting really interested in the Catholic Church. I was teaching at an evangelical school in Chicago area. Uh, and just kind of found that, you know, the Bible alone doesn't work very well. And uh, found my way into the Catholic Church. And so my wife and I came in, uh, me in 2011, she in 2012. And I started working at the University of Mary in theology. And right now I'm full professor of theology at UMary as well as associate dean of the School of Arts and Sciences. Awesome. Uh, so today is, as we mentioned, uh, the Feast of St. Mark the Evangelist. Could you tell us a little bit, bit about who he is? Yeah, there's, you know, it depends. There's traditions about St. Mark, um, but we actually know very little about who he might have been. So in Scripture, there's a John Mark mentioned in the Book of Acts, and St. Paul in one of his later letters, uh, mentions a mark, and traditionally Christians have always believed those are the same person. Um, we just don't have a whole lot of biographical information about him, which is, you know, true for a lot of the evangelists. Um, you know, so what we think we might know about Mark, we get kind of through reading the Gospel of Mark backwards, there is one beautiful early, early piece of tradition about him uh, that comes from a guy named Papias in Asia Minor, a place called Herapolis. And Papias, uh, early 2nd century, 110, 120 A.D., writes that Mark was Peter's interpreter and wrote down accurately everything Peter said, though not necessarily in order. Mm. Uh, so apparently a companion of Peter, thanks to uh, that tradition, and a companion of Paul at points, um, thanks to the Book of Acts and Paul's letters. Awesome. And that's uh, that's kind of the story with, with a lot of these uh, saints of the early Church. We know they existed, we know they did stuff, we knew they were holy, but we don't know maybe specific mm-hmm. biographical details, right? Like birth dates and... Uh, and uh, death dates even necessarily so um but yeah. uh, like you said beautiful traditions mm-hmm. yeah saint mark was according to tradition uh an evangelist all the way to uh the subcontinent of india and so a lot of christians particularly catholics in india have a real uh, dedication to him and he's also associated with uh missionary work in egypt hmm so the uh, the Coptic churches there uh, mm-hmm. hold him in high regard as well. Um, yes, so they do. That's awesome. Uh, so uh, and we mentioned that he's he's maybe mentioned right in the Acts of the Apostles and in in Saint Paul's letters there. Um, but again, one of those things that's tied together with tradition, right? We don't have a a line spelling out this is the same guy who wrote the gospel, right? So <laughs> we mm-hmm. we kind of have to put some things together on our own. Uh, so. Um, what is uh, 
I kind of mentioned this, but what makes uh, Mark's gospel unique? Of course, it's the shortest, so that makes it unique, but what other features make it unique? Yeah, so it's short, and it's also really intense. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, its intensity and its brevity go hand in hand. Uh, You know, things that are long generally aren't intense. Things that are intense are usually, you know, brief, short, um, even momentary. Uh, So Mark basically omits a lot of Jesus' teaching, or maybe a better way of putting that is that Mark has Jesus' teaching through what Jesus does. So the Gospel of Mark is a Gospel of action. Mm. Uh, You see Jesus doing things. Uh, and that's how Mark wants to present Jesus and the mode in which he wants us to understand Jesus. Now, of course, you know, Jesus uh, gives us a bunch of parables in Mark chapter 4, and he teaches the disciples about the destruction of the temple and the end of the world in Mark 13. So there is teaching in there. So, like, by comparison, you know, St. Matthew's Gospel, you get these five great sermons, you know, starting with the Sermon on the Mount, and then there's right. four more. Luke's Jesus does a lot of talking, you know, in John's Gospel, it's mostly Jesus talking, you know, right. in Mark, it's mostly Jesus doing. Hmm. That's a great way to, to distinguish them, um, and and explains, in a way, right, why it's why uh, the, the length uh, might not be as long as the others, because it's not as focused on sermons uh, and discourses, mm-hmm. right, as some of the other Gospels are. Exactly. Um, so is there, a, is there any... Um, can we draw anything from that as to maybe who the who the God you know uh, sometimes scripture scholars like to look at the gospels and say this was kind of targeted towards this specific group of believers um, is there anything we can kind of draw like that from uh, St. Mark's gospel people have tried and they make good arguments my own thinking on that is that it's really hard to do that with any degree of confidence Yeah, so we used to, in scholarship, you know, really have those debates, you know, who was Mark writing to, who was Matthew, Luke writing to, and it generated a lot of articles and books. Um, uh, A sizable minority opinion in scholarship now is that the Gospels were actually written uh, with all Christians in mind. Mm. Um, that sure, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, each have their particular take on Jesus, and when they're writing their Gospels, they certainly went to a community or two or three or five right out of the gate, but that they were actually meant to be universal from the outset. You know, so some people think Mark reveals a Roman setting, and I happen to think that's likely. Um part of me thinks if you want to address particular things in a particular church at a particular time, you do what Paul did, and he wrote a letter. Right. I mean, these right. Gospels, you know, that's what you should do. Um, these Gospels, you know, aren't surreptitious or hidden stories about what was going on in Mark's churches or Matthew's churches. On their face, they're stories about what Jesus was doing around 30 A.D. Right. 
Right. Yeah. Exactly. So they they really are. Um, it, I know sometimes because this is our um, in my diaconate formation classes. This has been our scripture year, and it's always uh, fun when we go through and say, "Well, scholars say this, scholars say that, but what's more important is is the text itself." Right. Uh, we can try and draw all these inferences and try and say, "Well, maybe it's for this audience, that audience." But it, but I think uh, I, I like that idea that these. These wouldn't have been written for just a specific audience. These were actually written for for all believers, right, and and non believers as well, right, to to help them become mm-hmm. believers. Um, like you said, if you're going to address a specific situation, do what Paul did and write a letter about it and say, "Hey, you Church of Corinth, do this," right? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, exactly. So um, there, there's plenty more to talk about about the Gospel of Mark, and we'll and we'll talk about your book, uh, Loosing the Lion, after the break. Uh, so stay tuned with us on Real Presence Live this morning. Thanks for joining us. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. There was a lady that was away from the church for 50 years, and by accident, she turned on the radio on, in her car one day, was flipping through the stations, started listening to Catholic radio, and began to realize what she's been missing, and mm. realized that she didn't really understand the faith she was born with, and she is now back in the church, and she is enthused about her faith after 50 years. Another lady said, you know, I had an abortion years ago. I would like to come onto your radio station, be interviewed sometime, and talk about it so that people would understand what abortion truly is. She did that after listening to one of the new radio stations that we've got. So, you know, when you hear reports like that, you say, where else could I spend my dollar to get that kind of results? And uh, uh, so it's, uh, it's a real blessing. like to shop local, but sometimes there are items you can't easily get nearby. The next time you shop online, think of Real Presence Radio. If you use our special link, Real Presence Radio will get a portion of your purchase price on Amazon, and it won't cost you anything additional. Just go to realpresenceradio.com slash smile, and you're all set. You'll be directed to Amazon Smile, where a portion of your purchase price will be donated to Real Presence Radio. It's easy, fast, and doesn't cost you a dime. Find the link at realpresenceradio.com slash smile. And welcome back one more time to Real Presence Live on a beautiful Monday morning. Nick Podelsky coming to you from wonderful Wasika, Minnesota, the land of the fertile soil. Soon we'll be able to get to work with that fertile soil. The tulips are starting to pop up, but uh, have not been able to get out and uh, get working on that vegetable garden for the summer yet. Hopefully, uh, well, within the next few weeks, uh, things will start humming along and things will warm back up. Uh, and it's also a beautiful day to be joining you on the Feast of St. Mark the Evangelist. And we have a great guest on, Dr. Leroy Huizinga, Huizinga, pardon me, 
I, re- I read it in my head before I said, anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Telling us about the Gospel of St. Mark. So before the break, we kind of talked about who we think Mark might have been, uh, little, a few details we might have, some things that tradition tells us, um, and also kind of uh, the, the Gospel itself. Um, so uh, at the start of the interview, I mentioned that you've written a book, Loosing the Lion, uh, which is about the Gospel of Mark. So uh, I kind of explained that you have the, the four uh, creatures that are associated with uh, the different evangelists. Why does Mark get a lion? Oh, yeah, in church history early on, you know, St. Irenaeus and St. Jerome and others associate the Gospels with the four living creatures that are first found in the book of Ezekiel in the Old Testament and then uh, taken up in the book of Revelation uh, in the New Testament. And they give different reasons for associating different Gospels with different creatures. Uh, Mark gets associated with the lion because you know, as I think everybody knows, uh, the lion is a, a royal figure. You know, you think of all the medieval heraldry uh, for kings and other nobles with lions on it and that sort of thing, you know, like Richard the Lionheart. Right. Uh, and the idea was that uh, Mark is presenting us with a royal uh, hmm. figure of Jesus, right? The king come to earth to liberate his domain. Hmm. I like that 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 image that is uh, that is uh, very much borne out in the Gospel of Saint Mark, and of course the Lion of Judah, right, is one of the uh, the uh, uh, phrases that that refers to Christ as well. So I can see that that royalty connection with the Lion in mm-hmm. the Gospel of Saint Mark as well. Um, so uh, uh, the the Gospel of Saint Mark itself, I you know uh, you should really read. I think I mentioned earlier, read all four of the Gospels at some point in your life. Read them all through, <laughs> uh, front to back. Uh, we only hear snippets uh, at Mass on Sundays. Uh, but why would you recommend uh, specifically that our listeners spend some time uh, with the Gospel of St. Mark? Well, it's uh, the first reason it's Scripture, but I think, you know, so you say about all of Scripture, with Mark in particular, because it's, it's fascinating. Uh, it's it's interesting. It's kind of a gospel that should be made, you know, into a movie with some wild, crazy director or something. <laughs> I mean, it might just be the gospel that you know, you know, Mel Gibson should turn into a movie. It's, it's that uh, intense and brilliant. Um, Mark, well, not you're saying, a lot of, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. You, you were saying earlier that this is the Jesus of action, so I immediately thought of mm-hmm. you know action. Action blockbusters, you know. Yeah, you know, Mel Gibson, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino, you know, some of those guys, you know, if anybody ever wanted to draw it up. But it, it really is like that. Um, it's, you know, it's so, it's uh, it's it's not user-friendly, right? You know, mm. so like Matthew, John, you know, Luke, they've got Jesus saying a whole lot of things. And especially mm. Matthew, you know, that becomes the Church's favorite gospel in practice, because it is so user-friendly. I mean, Jesus just lays things out for you in the Sermon on the Mount. And Mark is, yeah, Mark is cryptic. Mark is, Mm. you know, a gospel of things that are hidden, you know, and then revealed to insiders. You know, it's it's almost like a conspiracy gospel, if I dare say that. Um, (laughs) But it makes it, you know, kind of 
difficult to read, especially when we're so used to Bible verses, you know, chapter mm. and verse in our Bible. And right. Mark has to be read as a, a story um, with beginning and end and characters and plot and conflict and resolution. Um, otherwise, you're just left with things like, what is going on here? Mark does mm. a whole lot of uh, foreshadowing, a whole lot of uh, recalling what's come before. And so if you don't have, like, a whole story in mind, you know, it's really hard to make sense of the passage. And that's, you know, one of the reasons I book was so that, you know, average people that are mass goers, you know, could follow along with the mass readings and uh, make sense of the Gospel of Mark. So I've had a lot of clergy tell me they find it a really helpful resource when they're in year B of the lectionary. Um, hmm. You know, because it's not a line-by-line commentary. I don't do a whole lot of technical details. There's very little Greek um, in the thing. <laughs> and where there is, I explain, you know, it's more passage-by-passage, um, kind of giving you the sweep of the gospel. Hmm. Well, that's excellent, and I and I like hearing that, that uh, you have some... Uh, it has... Uh, it, it's been fruitful for for preachers as well for for clergy when they're when they're preaching on the gospel of mark uh during year b of the lectionary which is when the gospels that you're kind of focus on the uh on the gospel of mark there uh so that that's great to hear uh, uh, if people want to find out more about uh more about the book uh loosing the lion um and kind of dive deeper into uh the gospel of mark uh with this book with the help of this book uh where would they go uh, online, to any major online bookseller, it's there. Uh, it's published by Emmaus Press, hmm. uh, which is uh, one of uh, Scott Hahn's endeavors. And uh, it's he's got a thing called the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology, and that's where Emmaus Press is found. And so if people wanted to you know, go straight to the St. Paul Center website and purchase it from there, that would be great. Um, keep some of that money in the Catholic house, as it were. And, uh, <laughs> you know, a simple simple Google search, you know, uh, Loosing the Lion, Gospel of Mark, should take you to the St. Paul Center or any other online retailer. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, really, you know, the Church gives us these feast days. Obviously, like uh, like we mentioned, we read from the Gospel of Mark, especially during year B of the lectionary. But we also have this Feast of St. Mark, uh, which is a good opportunity to reflect back on on the Gospel of St. Mark, right? Uh, and take this opportunity to, to be reminded of the the, uh, the beauty of this Gospel. And I like thinking about it as, you know, like you said, the, the Jesus of action and also this, this kind of cryptic uh, Gospel as well, of, of things that are hidden. It may be brief, right, but there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of things buried there in that text. So uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning to break open uh, the Gospel of Mark with us. Well, thank you so much for the invitation. And uh, it's that part of the show where I get to send things up to Fabulous Fargo, and uh, Electric Eli will tell us about uh, tomorrow's show. Ooh, that's a new one. I like it. <laughs> uh, coming up on tomorrow's Real Presence Live, we've got another great show coming up. Chris Euler and Dominic King are your hosts coming to you live from Aberdeen Ron Colley School. They'll visit with Dr. Donald Bungham and Dr. Ann Brodeur from the University of Mary about forming a Catholic imaginative vision. 
plus David Vitch. But we'll talk about one vine and many branches. And Mike Mitzel will tell us how we can unleash the power of the Holy Spirit. All that and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's Tuesday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, here on the Real Presence Radio Network. And, of course, if you miss anything from uh, today's show or a past show from the last roughly three years, you can find that on our podcast section on realpresenceradio.com, in the app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Right back to you. All right. Thank you for that. Sounds like another uh, exciting uh, show of Real Presence Live tomorrow, so make sure you tune in for that. Uh, as we started the show with, I want to remind you again about the upcoming Spring Live Drive, May 11th through the 13th. And uh, as I mentioned last week when I hosted, uh, if you get a, a voicemail for me uh, calling around in this area, I'm calling uh, listeners in the uh, the Rochester area, the Montevideo area, and now also the uh, the Duluth area up there in northern Mich- uh, northern Minnesota. Pardon me. <laughs> uh, Giving, uh, asking for those seed gifts, those challenge gifts, that uh, those are those pledges and donations we collect before the on-air part of the drive that we can use uh, to really keep the momentum going, keep that excitement going, and know how close we are to that goal and hopefully cross that funding, uh, funding line, uh, the, the amount we need to raise uh, while we're on air because that helps build excitement and it's always a, a great thing to be to be part of crossing that finish line together. So, uh, again, if I if I give you a call, uh, feel free to give me a call back uh, any time of the day. I'm you know going going at this all hours of the day. So, <laughs> um, and if you get a call um, a voicemail from uh, from any of my my colleagues, uh, Teresa out there in uh, Sioux Falls, uh, Karen in uh, Western North Dakota, and um, uh, Kathleen in uh, western uh, South Dakota. Uh, make sure to give them a call back. Make sure to to, uh, to speak with them. And of course, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask for your prayers as we move forward uh, with this uh, funding drive. So make sure to keep us in prayer uh, as we prepare and also that May 11th through the 13th. Uh, let's close with click glory be. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Once again, Happy Easter. Christos Voskres. Christ is risen. God bless your day. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.